With everything that Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks have accomplished in the 2022 season, how have they changed their perception in the SEC East? Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Now, for those of you who have been following this show since I started back in June, you might remember there was one big buzzword that I threw out there over and over and over again in the months leading into fall camp, and that was perception. And my whole idea behind using the word perception so much was to emphasize that this was a very important season for South Carolina, that if South Carolina wanted to get a little bit closer to where they once used to be viewed when Steve Spurrier was here at South Carolina, then they had to take advantage of all the momentum and all the moves that they had made this past off season. And with what they have done this year, I think it's fair to say that they have done just that. So where exactly now do the Gamecocks stand in terms of the SEC East regarding their perception? Well, Obviously, with how the regular season has ended, the Georgia Bulldogs finished the season 12-0, and so they are still that quote-unquote top dog in the SEC East until another team can say otherwise. However, there's been a bit of a shakeup in terms of the middle of the pack, mainly the contenders, as Tennessee was sort of a team that, again, won some good games last season, but also dropped some games in pretty ugly fashion, and so... A lot of people were wondering if Tennessee could be a team that could put it together a little bit more this season. And they did just that, finishing the year 10-2. So they are now arguably a contender in this division once again, at least for the time being. South Carolina, I think that there is no question that they are now a contender in the SEC East moving forward once again. I mean, look, I get it that they got blown out by Georgia in week three earlier this season. I get it that they lost a tough road game at Arkansas, a team who wound up finishing 6-6 six and six by season's end. And I know that some of these wins that they got against Kentucky and Texas A&M, they needed a little bit of help from all three phases to win those contests. But with how South Carolina played the last couple weeks, which was obviously South Carolina reaching their quote-unquote final form, so to speak, it's pretty clear now, if South Carolina were to replay a lot of these games, there's probably a game or two that they do not lose at the end of the day. And there's probably a couple games that were close the first time around that would not have been close if it had been played a second time. So South Carolina has firmly supplanted themselves now in the group of contenders in the SEC East heading into 2023 which is very important for Shane Beamer and this program. And again, the vision that they are trying to push, the message that they are trying to push onto recruits and onto a bunch of kids who are getting ready to enter the transfer portal, which is, hey, listen, 
We're continuing to progress over here in Columbia, South Carolina. You can either jump on the train and be a part of it, or you're going to be in our way if you're in the SEC East in particular, and we'll just have to go through you to get to the top of the division. That is the feel of this team right now. It is a team that is like family, that loves one another, that is very close and together, which, again, some people might sit there and laugh at that, but the bottom line is that is a very important intangible that every football program needs to have, and South Carolina has got that now in spades. And when you look back at some of their accomplishments this season, they ended three multi-year losing streaks in the conference against teams like Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Tennessee. And they probably, out of all the conference teams in the SEC, had the most impressive wins of the whole season in terms of the overall circumstances with their wins against Tennessee and Clemson. They blew out Tennessee, a team that looked to be a potential lock to backdoor their way into the college football playoff by the end of the regular season, and they defeated their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers on the road, hadn't beaten them in seven straight tries. Y'all know about all the streaks at this point that they snapped. And South Carolina made mistakes in that game that could have led to a loss, but it didn't. They overcame them, and they did not let that drag them down. If South Carolina turns around and wins their bowl game in just a few weeks, whatever bowl game they end up playing in, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes, they're going to become, in my eyes, a trendy dark horse pick in the SEC East. I mentioned this before. In the SEC Eastern Division, for a pretty good while now, the Eastern Division has been Georgia and everybody else behind them. And there's been a revolving door in terms of the second best team in that division. But this division has been begging all of these other teams outside of Georgia for years now to be that other team that can challenge Georgia and also challenge for the SEC championship. Florida and Tennessee fans continue to live in the past in terms of what they have done historically and inherently believe that that spot should be left to them or is going to wind up in their lap one way or another. South Carolina Let's be honest, the rest of the SEC and the rest of the country don't view them in that same way. They look down on South Carolina. I mean, they do. It's just a fact. You look at, I mean, you look at all the experts in terms of their Clemson predictions this past weekend. After South Carolina did what they did against Tennessee, literally everyone on College Game Day and even SEC Nation all sat there and said, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a good game. It was a good story last weekend. But come on, y'all. Do we really think that they can do it again? And guess what? They turned around and they did it again. Now nobody is saying anything. Now people are starting to sit there and go, you know something? At what point do we actually start to believe South Carolina is legit? And that's starting to happen right now. You are seeing that change gradually take place in terms of South Carolina's national perception right this second. South Carolina's offensive coordinator job. I mentioned how attractive it is now because of everything that's been done on the field, everything that this program has to offer, the exposure that it has had in the last two seasons. This is an attractive job. There's a lot of eyes right now that are on South Carolina. Clemson fans are worried now because South Carolina has proven that, hey, you no longer own a stranglehold over this rivalry and this state. We're coming. 
So you better make some changes or whatever it is you got to do because we ain't stopping. That's what's happening with South Carolina right now. If you're a South Carolina fan, you ought to be fired up for this offseason because, because from what I can see, I think it's going to be quite the fun next few months if you are a part of South Carolina's fan base. Now, I mentioned a little bit earlier that, of course, South Carolina's got a bowl game to play in a few weeks. But what's going to decide where they end up playing and what teams could they end up playing? We're going to dive into all of that in depth in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But before I touch on that, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head on to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the latest trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen. For your next listen, I would like for you to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast where the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts daily. All right, so let's dive in now to the potential bowl scenarios that South Carolina might be a part of later this month or who knows, maybe even early January. Now, South Carolina's bowl destination is going to be very dependent on the result of the SEC championship game that's taking place on Saturday afternoon between the LSU Tigers and the Georgia Bulldogs. And there's a couple different scenarios that could decide South Carolina's fate here. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, LSU just loses badly to Georgia. Georgia goes in there and they just steamroll them, blow them out. If that happens, the Gamecocks would be a good bet to be in the Citrus Bowl because the Citrus Bowl won, like South Carolina, a lot right now. And the SEC does not get a final say into which team is going to go to that bowl game. Plus, if LSU were to lose to Georgia in blowout fashion, it would be the second straight week that they have lost a game quite convincingly, with the first loss coming against a team in Texas A&M that's not even going to go to a bowl game this bowl season. So the Citrus Bowl probably would not want an LSU team that is blown out in the SEC title game. Now, on the flip side of the coin, let's say LSU loses a close game to Georgia. They keep it competitive. They're fighting all the way to the end, or maybe even they pull off a shocker. They win outright. If that happens, LSU would get a Sugar Bowl bid automatically, more than likely. Georgia would still be in the college football playoff, which means that Tennessee would drop subsequently to the Citrus Bowl. That would leave South Carolina with more than likely either the ReliQuest Bowl or the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And both of those bowl games, the team that ends up representing the SEC, that's decided by the conference itself. Now, to go over the potential bowl games and tie-ins once again real quick, 
the Verbo Citrus Bowl. That matchup takes place between an SEC team and a Big Ten team. The ReliQuest Bowl, rest in peace Outback, by the way, that takes place between the SEC and either a Big Ten or an ACC team. And then for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, that game takes place between an SEC team and an ACC team. Now, for the other conferences, the ACC and Big Ten that would be involved in all of these bowl games, the ACC sends their championship winner or highest ranked team to the Orange Bowl to face a team of that bowl's choice. And, and then the conference gets final say on who all is going to represent the conference in the rest of the bowl games that are in their specific pool. Now, the Big Ten, they send their highest ranked team or championship winner to the Rose Bowl. And they go based off of the rankings or standings within their own conference with the rest of their bowl games in their pool. So that's how all these conferences sort of decide which team is going to go where. So let's start off with the potential Big Ten opponent for the Citrus Bowl for South Carolina. If they wound up being slotted there, that would more than likely be, as far as I could tell, the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, the reason I say Purdue and not Penn State is because I've seen recently from specifically Brad Crawford on Twitter, who's a 24-7 sports college football writer, that apparently there's a big push right now for Ohio State to get selected by the Orange Bowl to be that second team to face the ACC representative. And then Penn State, if that were the case, would probably end up going to the Rose Bowl because it's assumed that Michigan is going to be in the college football playoff. That would leave Purdue, who more than likely will be the conference's runner-up based on the championship game. Now, if South Carolina were to play against the Boilermakers, Purdue finished the season 8-4. and four. They are ranked 53rd in total offense, but 23rd in total defense. And their four losses wound up being against Penn State, Syracuse, Wisconsin, and Iowa. So from what I could tell there, basically, if you've got the physicality and the athletes on your team, more than likely, you're going to be able to defeat Purdue at the end of the day. Not to say that Purdue is not a good team. They got Aiden O'Connell, I believe, still back there at quarterback. Jeff Brom is an offensive-minded guy. Purdue can light up the scoreboard against a bevy of teams in college football. They did so against Tennessee this past ball season. Now, obviously, after what we saw South Carolina do to Tennessee a couple weeks ago, that might not be saying a whole lot. But either way, Purdue can score some points. So keep an eye out on Purdue if South Carolina is slotted for the Citrus Bowl. Now, if South Carolina winds up going to the ReliQuest Bowl and they play a Big Ten opponent, now that opponent would more than likely, based on what I could tell, be the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, Iowa is 7-5 on the season, and they're notoriously known as probably one of the worst Power 5 offenses in recent college football history. Iowa is 130th in total offense, the second worst offense in all of college football. And they are sixth in total defense, with losses to Iowa State, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, and Nebraska. So, um, yeah, basically, I was an opponent where if you could score 17 or 20 points, you are probably guaranteed to win the football game. That is how putrid their offense has been so far this season. And I believe their backup quarterback actually just announced yesterday that he is going to go into the transfer portal. I'm not sure if that's going to be after or before their bowl game, but either way, that could have a big impact on the Iowa Hawkeyes heading into that potential matchup if that were to take place. Now, moving on to some ACC opponents that South Carolina could play against in the ReliQuest Bowl 
and Gator Bowls, since the Gator Bowl is just SEC and ACC. For those two bowl games, the first one that has been thrown out by a bunch of different people up to this point has been the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, Notre Dame is having a down year based on their standards. They are an 8-4 and four team heading into the bowl season. They rank 76 in the country in total offense, but 23rd in total defense, or tied for 23rd in total defense, I guess, with Purdue. And they have losses to Ohio State, that famous loss against the Marshall Thundering Herd. Then they lost to a really bad Stanford team later in the season, and they lost to, I believe, Southern Cal in the final week of the regular season. So, yeah, very up-and-down team. From what I can tell, Notre Dame has to basically live and die by the ground game on offense. Defense is still pretty good, still got some good athletes on that side of the ball, and Marcus Freeman is a defensive-minded guy, so South Carolina's offense could face some Matchup issues in that particular contest, and they did absolutely destroy Clemson earlier in the season. But, you know, still, could be a game where South Carolina, I think, could win that contest, depending on who all is playing in that game, of course, for the Gamecocks. Now, another team that I think could be a potential opponent in either the Relia Quest or the Gator Bowl would be the Florida State Seminoles. And this one makes a lot of sense just purely based off of location. Now, Florida State is 9-3, and three, and they rank 14th in total offense and total defense. So a very solid, balanced football team. Mike Norvell has built now over his three or four years in Tallahassee. They suffered three losses against Clemson, Wake Forest, and North Carolina State. So again, Florida State, not quite back to where they want to be with that program, but a much bigger improvement than a couple of the other coaches have made in the past few years leading into Mike Norvell becoming the head coach there at Florida State. I'll dive into the last couple of potential opponents that South Carolina could be facing in the Quest Bowl and Gator Bowls, and then I'll talk about some news regarding a couple of South Carolina's players and where their future may lie with this football team in just a few moments. But before I do that, a quick word from a couple of sponsors. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so let's get on back into the last couple of potential opponents that South Carolina could face in either the ReliQuest Bowl or the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And for the final two, I got two national brands in terms of the basketball side of things, but two football teams that have had a good season. And I'm talking about North Carolina and Duke. I'll start with North Carolina real quick. Now, obviously, South Carolina uh, gave North Carolina absolute drubbing this past season in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So if you're a Tar Heel fan, you probably don't want to see South Carolina coming down the pipe once again. Now, North Carolina has had a decent season. They finished the year 9-3. and three. They're ranked 11th in total offense. But the defense continues to be the Achilles heel for the Tar Heels as they're ranked 117th in total defense. And they've suffered three losses to Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina State. They've lost their last two games, been plummeting down the rankings, and they're going into the ACC Championship game against a Clemson team that just lost to their arch rivals for the first time in eight or nine years. So yeah, if you're a North Carolina fan at this point, you might be mailing it in and watching basketball games at this point. But 
North Carolina, who knows? Maybe they actually end up in a rematch with South Carolina in one of these other bowl games. While the Reliquist Bowl and Tax Slayer Gator Bowl might not want that because maybe they'd be worried about North Carolina fans not traveling for that bowl game. It could be an interesting matchup once again between the two border states. And then Duke to finish off this bowl discussion. Duke has had one of the most surprising seasons in all of college football this year. Mike Elko, honestly, should probably be in the running for National Coach of the Year for what all he has done with the Blue Devils football program up to this point. They were 3-9 in 2021, David Cutcliffe's final year there. In his first year, Mike Elko has the Duke Blue Devils sitting at 8-4 at the end of the season. The Blue Devils rank 41st in total offense. I mentioned Kevin Johns before, their offensive coordinator. I think he's a really good offensive mind. They are 73rd in total defense, so not quite as good on that side of the ball. And they've served losses to Kansas, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and Pittsburgh. But I did notice something. Three of those four losses were on the road. And I think all four losses were decided by seven or eight points or less. This is a very good Blue Devils football team this season. Again, do not mistake them as, you know, well, they're the basketball school, and they probably don't have the talent on their roster that we do. So we should be able to just waltz on in and defeat them. And admittedly, Duke and North Carolina are sort of out of the blue picks for me. I haven't really seen anybody project these teams, but again... Based on my research and what I've done with how these teams get slotted, there is a possibility that North Carolina or Duke could wind up in one of these bowl games against South Carolina. So those are the teams that South Carolina could wind up facing. Purdue, Iowa, Notre Dame, Florida State, North Carolina, and Duke. All right, let's move on from bowl game talk, and let's move to some important news regarding two different players for South Carolina, starting off with a defensive lineman who has essentially announced his intentions to pretty much go into the NFL draft, which this should not come as any surprise. Zach Pickens, he's been here now for four seasons, just came off a year where he racked up 42 total tackles, four tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks. Been the heart and soul of that unit for the last two years now, especially. Took guys like Alex Boogie Huntley, Tonka Hemingway, and Jordan Birch under his wing. Zach Pickens has meant a lot to this football program since Shane Beamer's arrival, especially. And now he's gone on a high note with the Gamecocks defeating their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers. We'll see what his final decision will be on whether or not he's going to play in the bowl game. But he announced on Wednesday that he is going to indeed play in the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is a pretty big deal for seniors like Zach Pickens, who, you know, again, are probably going to get drafted, but they want to elevate that draft stock a little bit more. All 32 teams are in attendance for practices and the game itself down there in Alabama. So a really big opportunity for Zach Pickens. Congratulations to him. Wish him the best of luck in his training and preparation for that all-star game. And then South Carolina has officially had their first player hit the transfer portal on Wednesday afternoon. His offensive lineman Jordan Davis posted a message to his Twitter account announcing that he was officially leaving South Carolina's football program and entering his name into the transfer portal. Based on the message that he posted, I don't see really any way that he is going to come back this offseason. I don't think this is going to be a case where a player enters and then ends up rejoining the team later in the offseason. I think Davis is probably going to be leaving for good. Davis was here for two seasons, was on scouting for both seasons, was redshirted in 2021, was, I believe, and did I believe earn all academic honors, maybe as a true freshman. So, Jordan Davis, appreciate you for being a Gamecock. Wish you the best of luck with wherever you land, young man. Hope that you absolutely kill it wherever you go. And obviously, 
Transfer Portal Talk is starting to ramp up all across college football. You're starting to see some pretty big names enter the Transfer Portal. I believe backup quarterback Hudson Card at Texas has announced he's entering the portal. I believe that Florida's got a bunch of guys that have entered the portal. South Carolina could end up seeing a few more players enter the portal themselves. And I'm going to try to get some lined up pretty soon where we're going to have a whole discussion on this with hopefully someone that's going to be more knowledgeable about the transfer portal than I probably would be. The transfer portal window does start on December the 5th, which is this very next Monday, and it will run for the next two following weeks. So be sure to stay tuned to all of that. I'll try to keep up with it, of course, as much as I can, but... With that being said, that's going to do it for today's show, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all thoughts on how South Carolina has changed their perception in the SEC East? What bowl game do you think South Carolina will play in, and which opponent would you like to see the Gamecocks play? Subsequently, is there an opponent that you do not want to see them play? And lastly, what are your thoughts on Zach Pickens going to the Senior Bowl and Jordan Davis entering the transfer portal? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section on YouTube, or shoot me a message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. And don't forget to make the Locked On Sports Today podcast your next listen today. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. With that being said, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that you all have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.